Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. It gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com or send them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank Snap Rays. Go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can help you. There's no upfront cost. Your data is secure. And what's more, it works. Our coaches have used SnapRaise, and it's just fantastic. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical, and you can put the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference to work for you. As I said, it's easy and effective. It's safe and secure, and it works. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have raised for schools, for athletic programs, and teams. That's snapraise.com. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. We use Gipper to help promote our podcast episodes and my Gipper backdrop or my backdrop is a Gipper template. Go to gipper.com for more information on how to start creating world-class marketing content. We also wanna say thanks to Huddle. At Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle's a complete performance platform. There's online tools, there's smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school, colleges, and even the pros. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including the college coaches you're trying to get to recruit your kids. You want to find out more about how Huddle can help you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. But Final Forms is more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, and it has reminders for parents about policies and physicals and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can help your coaches with communication and attendance and even help your coaches with certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometown helps thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. Go to hometownticketing.com and you can find out how to sell tickets, how to scan the attendees at the games, how to collect your revenue, and also work with their great customer support. You can also sell digital tickets for more than athletics. Uh, Hometown Ticketing can set that up for your performing arts programs, for school dances, even for graduations. Go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts on how to get started. Hometown Ticketing. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive, 
touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going all the way out to Las Vegas, Nevada today, and we're speaking with a, um, uh, I guess we would say, uh, some podcast royalty. Uh, our guest is Xavier Anthem. He's the uh, Director of Athletics for Clark County Schools in Las Vegas, and he was a recent guest on the Paradox podcast with Dr. Danielle LaPointe, Dr. Dustin Smith. Had a great, great story. I encourage you to, to go and listen to that episode. But he also, uh, he shared a, a, an interesting anecdote, which we'll get into later, that uh, I just, I said, we've got to get this guy on our podcast. So Xavier Anthem, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you, sir. Excited to be here. Excited to be with you. Well, for our, for our guests, for our listeners, we're recording this on August Fourth, so I know some states have already started. Some states are getting ready to start. Get started. It's a busy time, so we're going to jump right into it. Xavier, um, we like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, give us that quick bio: where you were born, where'd you grow up, and go to school. You know, kind of take us up to the college years, and then we'll take a break, and then come back and hear about your career. But uh, uh, tell us about Xavier. Sounds good. So, uh, born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, my parents moved out to Las Vegas in 1962, straight from France, and uh, just have seen this uh, city blow up and grow and a uh, small community, and, and it's kind of grown and grown and grown. Uh, went to uh, my local elementary school. I should have probably been termed ELL, you know, English language learner, because at home, all I did was speak French. And uh, the reason for that was, is that my entire family, everybody that was, you know, in France, didn't speak English. So my father made it a big deal that, hey, we only speak French at home. So when I went to school, it was the opportunity for me to speak English. Um, so definitely, I should have been termed ELL. Uh, I was supposed to go to a sixth grade center. Um, There's basically being bussed out of my neighborhood into a, a inner city school. And my parents weren't very fond of that uh, idea. So what they did is they found this startup private school and said, hey, we're going to try this and see what happens. So I went to the metal school. It's a private school. I went there six through 12 and had the opportunity to play uh, tennis and basketball and, and ran one year track my high school year. And I said, man, they got me running a mile and two mile. I'm doing one year and I'm done. Um, but uh, wanted to play soccer, but it was such a small school that we had eight man football and we couldn't have both a football team and a soccer team. Uh, so soccer got cut out. So the focus was definitely tennis. And basketball wasn't real big in in, uh, in France. So my father's like, no, you're going to focus on playing tennis. Uh, so graduated from the middle school. And then I attended UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, which I've uh, used the term University of Never Leave Vegas uh, because it's still in Vegas and you're not going anywhere. And uh, our high school would try to push you to go to Ivy League schools and, and schools that are just outside. And my father told me, hey, listen, Get your two years done here, get your credits. And then if we feel that you're really ready to go to another uh, city to go to college, then, then we'll so so do it. And uh, so I went to UNLV, did my first two years. I'll tell you, year one, I'm like, I'm gung-ho, I'm going to do physical therapy. I want to be an athletic trainer. I took one intro to a physical therapy class, and I'm like, nah, this isn't for me. Uh, so then my second year, I was like, you know what? I love numbers. I love finance. I want to make some money. Let me become a personal finance guy. And uh, 
I can't lose your money. I'd feel bad and I'd just be miserable. So I'm like, no, I can't lose other people's money. I just want to make sure that, you know, I know how to handle my finances. And then if I lose money, that's on me. And then my junior year, I kind of walked around like a lost puppy or end of sophomore year, I should say, and, and not knowing what I wanted to do. Had a buddy of mine say, hey, try out this physical education thing. And uh, you, you might like it. You're into sports. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And lo and behold, I got I got caught in it and, and fell in love with uh, being able to teach PE. And I graduated from UNLV after four years because my junior year, I was going to go to University of San Diego because a whole bunch of buddies living out there saying life was good. But then I didn't want to be like Van Wilder and have a five to six year experience in college. Um, college is expensive. Uh, so the choice was to stay at UNLV, get my four years done. And then I then got my master's uh, in physical education, but with an emphasis in athletic administration. So uh, that's just my uh, my little piece on uh, on me and uh, growing up. Uh, I I love that. I've never heard that uh, University of Never Leave uh, Vegas. And uh, um, random thought here, you mentioned Van Wilder, you know, that that's, as I like to say, based on a true story. Do you know the the individual that that uh, movie was based on? He's a, a professional comedian? No, not at all. Uh, Bert Kreischer. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bert. Uh, he's you, know, you can Google him, but uh, he was the original Van Wilder. Okay. Our guest today, very cool stuff, uh, is Xavier Xanthum. And Xanthum. he's the Xanthum. Okay. There you go. Like the national anthem. That's always how Xanthum. I, I anthem. There we go. There and go. he's the director of athletics for the Clark County School District in Las Vegas. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometown helps thousands of schools and organizations all across the country with digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. The folks at Hometown can show you how to set up to sell your tickets, how to scan the people that come to your events, how to collect your revenue. That's certainly important. And you always have their customer support. Hometown Ticketing is not just about athletics. They can help you sell tickets for your performing arts programs, for dances, even for graduation. Talk to the folks at hometownticketing.com and let them help you uh, take your athletic program ticketing-wise to the next level. That's hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest is Xavier Anthem. He is the Director of Athletics at the Clark County School District in Las Vegas, Nevada. Xavier kind of took us up through the college years at UNLV. Um, now you've graduated, you know, what's next? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that journey. And then along the way, uh, the decision to go to the other side of the desk and become an athletic director. Yeah, no, it's uh, an interesting path, I'll say. Uh, when I graduated college, I actually graduated over the summer where I did my student teaching. And uh, our advisor forgot to submit our names uh, to be hired. So it's kind of a weird deal. There's about 12 of us that did our summer uh, school student teaching. So I actually uh, had a job at Treasure Island. I was running valet and I got kind of lucky because uh, when the uh, Mirage opened up, or excuse me, when Bellagio opened up, a lot of people left Treasure Island from the Mirage and went to the Bellagio to open up, you know, a fantastic hotel. Uh, so my first year out of college, I didn't go straight into teaching. I was a valet supervisor at Treasure Island, and I was making great money. Uh, my father then told me, like, listen, son, you've got a degree. You need to use it. This money's too liquid. Like, no. you. All right, Dad, I got you. So I, I uh, had a struggle a little bit finding a job because at the time, you know, everybody was already going. So after year one, I was in the pool to get a job, and they said, hey, you know, specifically PE, you're not going to find a high school job unless somebody dies or retires. And typically what happens is that somebody comes from the middle school level and generally comes up to the high school level. So I found myself getting hired on at an elementary school. Um, I did elementary PE for two years right on UNLV campus, what's called Paradise Professional Development School. Um, after two years, an opportunity came uh, to go to Cram Middle School. It was a brand new school. As you know, Las Vegas are blowing up uh, in, in the late 90s, 2000s, like we couldn't keep up. So schools just kept getting built and whatnot. So um, I had a great opportunity of getting hired with one of my best friends from college. And we were both PE teachers at the same school. He was another elementary and it was just fantastic. And our principal was a former PE teacher. So we had to be on our A game because she was checking us day in and day out. 
Um, I spent three years at that school, had a great time, coached basketball there. And uh, my buddy said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go try to become a famous actor in a Hollywood. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I, they're going to bring a new person in. And as luck would have it, one of our feeder high schools, the head coach who appreciated, I guess, our style of play and everything said, hey, I'm going to this new high school called Liberty. Again, the expansion of, you know, the city. I'd love for you to come over and just be a B team coach. I'm like, you know what? My buddy's leaving. I'll go. So I ended up at Liberty High School. We were the smallest high school with about 1800, but we had the long, the most amount of, of space. And it was just all desert because, um, you know, Vegas is just growing and expanding. Uh, so we, we definitely had our struggles. Um, I coached uh, basketball there um, and I coached tennis as well. And then after one year, uh, we had an opening as a, for the athletic director position. And I jumped on it. I said, okay, I, I'm in, you know, I love athletics. Let's do this. I will tell you though, my prior year, my first year, I'm like, you know what? I want to go the college athletics route. And uh, I quickly figured out that that's not an easy position, number one, to get into. And number two is that as administration changes, so could you change. And I wanted to plant some roots. And, uh, you know, I had, a, I had just gotten married. You know, we're talking about having a family and kids, and I just didn't want that instability. So I said, okay, let's try this athletic director piece. I did that for six years at Liberty. And then uh, I have to tell you that I was recruited, essentially, to go to another school called Chaparral. And at Chaparral, uh, it was one of the schools that was in the heyday back in the 90s, but had fallen on hard times. It had a 34.2% graduation rate, one of the worst in the state. And uh, we were asked to come over to, you know, help bring them back to life, essentially. And uh, so I, I, I left a great school and uh, we worked hard at Chaparral. My first year, I was the athletic director. I coached golf because we had no one else to coach. And I was also the department chair for the P department. And uh, after that year, I was promoted to dean. So I was uh, over disciplined for two years. I was the only dean for 2,500 kids. You want a reality TV show? I say, follow your deans around with the camera. You can't make some of that stuff up yeah. and see things that people deal with. Uh, after those two years, I was promoted to assistant principal over athletics and was fantastic as a, one of my best friends, uh, Matt Belotus, was uh, was my athletic director. So we had a great time for six years. Uh, and then the opportunity to come over to the central office came up and it was an opportunity I, I absolutely wanted to jump on. Uh, and uh, so... A week before that we went out on a pandemic, I got promoted. So talk about a transition. I don't know what I'm about to get myself into. And I have to learn all of this uh, on a Zoom or online. So I did a lot of homework, read uh, read the Title IX Bible uh, because I'm over Title IX compliance. And at the time, I was also doing middle school athletics. And uh, we just actually just hired a new director. And so my focus solely is going to be Title IX compliance. So uh I guess they could say that's a little bit about uh, a quick journey uh, of, of Xavier. You, you covered a lot of ground uh, and a couple of things jump out at me. Uh, you know, number one, you continually referred to the word opportunity. And I think that's so important, especially for the you know younger ADs who are just starting their journey uh, that there's, you're going to have opportunities and it might not be, as you said, you want to be a high school coach, uh, but you, it might not be uh, your final destination, but you're going to learn things and it's going to help you do a better job. Uh, of course, the Dean stories, I was a, a Dean for two years. So I know just what you're talking about. And then you also mentioned that you, one of your early principals was a former PE teacher and some of my best principals and superintendents came out of PE and coaching. I, I, I just think that so there's just some great leaders there. Uh, I, I wish there were more principals that that had that aspect to their uh, experience. Nothing against my other principals who weren't PE people, but uh, very cool stuff. For our listeners, our guest today is Xavier Anthem. He's a certified master athletic administrator, and he is the director of athletics for the Clark County School District in Las Vegas. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. But Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with uh, reminders about physicals and the school policies and all the forms that come with having an athlete in the house. 
Final forms can also help your coaches with things like communication and attendance and even help them with their certification management. And for athletic directors, boy, final forms can help with eligibility, with rosters and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this using secure language translation. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest again is Xavier Anthem, Certified Master Athletic Administrator, and he's the Director of Athletics for Clark County Schools in Las Vegas. Xavier, one of the things we'd like to do is uh, give our guests the opportunity to um, give a shout out to some of the mentors that they've had over their career. You talked about a lot of your stops. I'm going to guess you had a couple of mentors along the way. So uh, who would you like to acknowledge? Well, number one, we talk about mentors. You have to, uh, me personally, I have to say my parents, uh, number one, because I'll tell you, they moved out, like I said, in 1962. They didn't speak English. Um, my father always tells the story that he came to this country with $100 in his pocket and a suitcase, and, and he just had to make something of himself. Um, I spoke a little bit about going to that private school. That private school wasn't cheap. My mom basically went to work to just to pay for me to go to school. And uh, they just wanted to make sure that I had the best opportunity, the best education so that I could be successful. Uh, you know, my dad, he really uh, taught me about the value of hard work. And, um, you know, he was working multiple jobs just to, to make sure that we had a, a good place to stay, that he could, you know, make the rent and everything. So uh, I, I have to give nothing but love to my parents and, and thankful that uh, they've been able to uh, give me, you know, everything and everything uh, just to make an impact in, in this life and, and society. But uh, it's specific to athletics. I'm sorry I had to go that route uh specific to athletics when I said I went to Liberty High School in that second year uh that it was a that I was in that school and I was my first year as an athletic director nobody I had I had no idea what I was doing I mean I just knew I loved athletics I wanted to be coach and I wanted to help coaches um and I knew okay hey I could help set up ticket booths and sales and do concessions and and I knew that there was all these responsibilities and the assistant principal that was over me uh was kind of just basically kind of figure it out right so you did a lot of self-learning, uh, but there was a gentleman by the name of Larry Goins, who's at Sierra Vista High School. He actually lived in Pahrump and would make the 45-minute drive from Pahrump into the town, and he was known as like the, the guru of athletic directors. So I would actually go to his school, watch him conduct a preseason parent meeting. Um, you know, I, I would go and, and, and just, you know, gather all the information I could. I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to lose that opportunity. I wanted to be a sponge. I wanted to absorb everything that he had to offer to us. And uh, he was just great about opening his doors. He then had the opportunity to go to Desert Oasis High School, where he was able to just implement and establish all these great and neat ideas, boards, um, ways to help and, and, and promote the school. And again, just try to absorb every all the knowledge that he had. And uh, that was fantastic. My first year as athletic director. Uh, my second year as athletic director, I got a new assistant principal. His name was Warren Hagman, and he's very well known in the NIAAA, uh, CMAA, came out of Alaska. And I'll tell you, I was a little concerned when he first came over because I, I knew that he was essentially like the boss. He was uh, teaching LTC classes and, uh, you know, he was teaching coaching classes and we were just uh, a little nervous when he came over to us because like, man, we're in trouble. We're going to have to find, follow every letter by the book, like watch out. But Warren did everything to, you know, to take me in, put me under his wing and said, hey, you're going to get involved in, the, in NADA, Nevada Athletic Directors Association. You're going to, you know, you're going to take these courses we're going to help make you the best athletic director in the city. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, here I am just young and just let's, let's go with it. Let's do it. And uh, I'm so thankful for him because I won't be where I'm at now if it wasn't for his tutelage and his guidance and understanding. So I would just say that uh, those two gentlemen specifically in athletics were the reason where I'm at today. Yeah. Again, just like the job path. I, I love to hear the stories about the mentors and those moments in your career that they, you know, helped you really become an athletic director. Uh, I can, I can still remember those days, uh, you know, in my areas in, or my state in Florida, you know, those big names, uh, legendary names in our state, you know, coming into that room uh, really makes a difference. Okay? For our listeners, our guest again is Xavier Anthem, certified master athletic administrator. We're going to take another quick break. I know that's a surprise, but we want to say thanks to our sponsors. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. 
We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes perform better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. When I was a head football coach, we used Huddle. And as an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the online tools, the smart cameras in our gym. Uh, of course, they love the analytics, but there was so much more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools, colleges, and even the pros. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including the coaches of the college teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their experts. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Xavier Anthem from the Clark County School District in Las Vegas. Xavier, you kind of talked in the last segment about your NIAAA mentors, and I think it's important for our younger ADs to hear about the journey that we all take uh, with our state association and the NIAAA. So share a little bit more about uh, maybe some of the courses that had impact or you know, even tell us about your CMA project. Sounds good. Yeah, no, uh, as I said, my my first year under Larry's tutelage, you know, I was really, you know, being that sponge, absorbing everything. And he said, hey, you know, you need to take some of these LTC classes. They're really valuable. And uh, I'll tell you, if you're an AD out there right now, you need to jump on 502. It's the it's the nuts and bolts of, of athletic administration. It'll give you all the best guidance in the world about how to handle situations, how to set things up. So for me, 502 was a course that blew my mind, and I wish I would have taken it at the very beginning. I think I took it in February. I wish I would have had that in August before school started. Uh, but it's okay. We just uh, we grow, we learn, we, we get better. Uh, so, again, I just think getting everybody to get on their CAA, that's a major push that we have right now from the Nevada Athletic Directors Association is that we want as many administrators and athletic directors to have their CAA. So definitely want to make that big push. And then obviously, once you get that CAA, then they take that next step and get in that CMAA. I will tell you that uh, I think we've got uh, 12 to 15 CMAAs right now in the state of Nevada. So that is another push that we're trying to make. Um, I will tell you that I am not a good student. Um, I got my CAA and then waited 10 years to get my CMAA. I waited so long, I had to take 503 to be able to get my CMAA uh, to tell you a little bit how that worked out. But uh, the pandemic brought me great time to really focus on that CMAA project. And I killed two birds with one stone, essentially. Uh, my CMAA project was about Title IX and compliance. And basically, uh, our district had a Title IX video that was required for us to watch. And it was very clunky. Um, it was very old school. I'll tell you, they used some, some pictures of referees, but it was Hooters girls. And then they had them covered up in like black so that you couldn't see uh, their tops, essentially. Um, I'm telling you, it was, it was kind of, it was bad editing. I don't know who, you know, but we got much better. And my, uh, my director said, hey, let's, you know, let's create like some type of a different training. Like, oh, I'm all over it. So uh, I created a 50 slide PowerPoint that I used to help teach and coach our athletic directors, our athletic administrators to have a better knowledge of Title IX, about the three prongs, of, uh, of proportionality specifically for our district and uh, just use that into, you know, implementing that into our district and then using that as a CMAA project. Uh, so, you know, they have the, the new concept of doing it online where you can uh, do it virtually and that that couldn't work out better for me. Um, and I think that uh, those that were with me in that journey understood that this was some good stuff and I'm happy that that, that worked out for us. So, yeah, CMAA. Uh, it, it can be it can be a mentally like, man, that's a lot of work. But once you just jump in, dive in, just get it done. And hey, you're done. You're, you're certified master athletic administrator. Well, you're right. There, there is some work involved. And I was on the certification committee for NIAAA for a number of years. So I, I helped usher in that oral presentation format. But you, you hit on a very key point. Whatever your CMA project is going to be, I can tell you if you're listening now, you're already doing something at your school that would make a great CMAA project. You don't have to invent something. And as Xavier just shared, you should choose something 
that's important to you that has meaning for you and your coaches, your kids, your school. So that, that's a very, very cool project. And, uh, you know, how neat is that to, you know, I've created something, uh, uh, that is going to be used, you know, again and again, very neat. Right. Um, we're going to do this again at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, find out how you do things there in uh, Las Vegas, what's the best way that uh, they can get in touch with you? I would just say, shoot me an email, uh, a N T H E X J at nv.ccsd.net. That's my work email. Um, if it hits, I'll, I'll answer and just give me a couple of days. Maybe if I'm not sure who it is, I might do a little research. Uh, but yeah, absolutely reach out. I have no problem reaching out to, and talking about Title IX or anything that we're talking about today. Very cool. And for our NIAAA members, uh, that information is going to be on the NIAAA portal as well. So Xavier Anthem, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Uh, we use Gipper to help announce our podcast episodes, and my uh, backdrop is a Gipper template. Go to gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content for your school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Xavier, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that y'all do at your school or in your schools, because you're a, a district AD, that when you take a step back, you can say with equal parts pride and humility, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, do you have any best practices you can share? Yeah, so uh, as I said before, you know, uh, my main responsibility right now is for our high schools and, and Title IX compliance. I'm actually going to do a couple of site visits uh, later today uh, where I'm heading over to Indian Springs, which is about 45 minutes outside Las Vegas. Uh, but they're still encompassed in our Clark County School District and Canyon Springs High School. Again, inner city school that, uh, you know, we're just trying to make sure that those brand new athletic administrators that are out there uh, get some tutelage, some guidance and, and some uplift on what Title IX is about, because a lot of people hear the word Title IX, but really don't understand the, the depth of it and, and what's necessary. So uh, I'd spend some time and I'll go to every school once a year. If you're a brand new athletic administrator, I'll go at the beginning of the school year just to kind of help give that uplift and guidance. And at the end of the year that we take a walk, we answer, we ask questions and things like that. So um, another piece that we're going to do here in September and a big push that uh, I talked about a little bit with my CMA project is that we're going to do a training. And actually incorporating our training is we're adding legal to our training and talking a little bit about curriculum technology and education because CTE programs and magnet programs are still encompassed in Title IX, but we're Title IX specific to athletics. So I want, uh, when I say I'm the Title IX athletic director, like I mean truly athletics uh, because Title IX is so vast and huge and, you know, there's components of sexual harassment, things like that. Now, our focus is truly just athletics and we're hitting those three prongs. The biggest problem that we're working on is proportionality. So basically, just to as a as a as a teachable moment now for everybody that might be listening, proportionality is basically looking at your school enrollment and the percentage. So if you're 51% boys, 49% girls based off of your school enrollment, well, that's the percentage we're looking for for those that are participating in athletics. So uh, what we do is at the end of the year, we get all our numbers from uh, the district throughout who has participated. And we check that deviation to see how off or how close you are. OCR wants to be about a little bit less than 5% on the deviation. And we're really making a big focus on trying to find that best balance. It doesn't have to be 50-50, but it has to be as close to your student population as possible. So that's that's area of focus number one that I've had since we've been here. And uh, it's a little challenging this past year with the pandemic. And we're just trying to get kids to just come back and, and start playing again. So we're going to continue to make that push to find that balance. The second piece of that right now, and have a little had a little time over the summer to really kind of really get into the inner layers. And basically, now that we know what our percentages are for every school has it, they have their own personal uh, proportionality piece is how many. And I hate to say it, that we're, we're a little underproportionate when it comes to girls. And, you know, football is definitely one of those that throws the numbers a little bit askew. So how many more girls do we need to add in order to help balance? So now every school knows 
hey, we're probably going to need to look at adding, hey, we need to get 40 more girls to participate because we're about not cutting. We want to add. I don't never say, hey, we need to cut a, a B football team. No, even though that would help your numbers, we're trying to see what we can add. And so we're trying to add more opportunities for girls to be able to participate again to help find that balance. And again, the last layer I'm going to talk about the deep dive that we've really gone into is that I've looked at every school's rosters and now I've given that to the school so they can see, hey, you know what, you've got 40 kids on your basketball team. So, you know, B team, JV team, varsity, yet you only had 30 on your girl side. So these are two teams that should be equivalent. Now, maybe we need to talk about at a personal, at a school level, what do we need to do to make sure that we're balanced, at least in those sports, so that when we get a little further down, that the numbers start coming back together. Um, we actually added B girl soccer. Boys don't have uh, a third program. So we're hoping that that B girl soccer can kind of help uplift numbers. Something else our district did a couple of years ago, actually uh, say a little bit longer than that, about eight to 10 years ago, added girls flag football. And it came with a lot of issue and concern. I'll be one of those naysayers to begin like, why are we doing girls flag football? This is never going to work. They don't even get scholarships for this. Like, why are we doing it? We need to look at lacrosse. Um, which I know is big in the East Coast, and it's gaining a little bit of steam here on the West Coast. But um, we started the first year of varsity, and we filled the team. And you know what? We had had to add a JV the following year because varsity levels numbers were so good. And then we added a B because numbers were so good. And now girls are just, you know, jumping on it, jumping on it, jumping on it. And now in colleges, they're offering girls flag football. So that's been a huge benefit for our district. It's helped our numbers tremendously. And I will say that next year, we're going to add girls wrestling so that they only wrestle amongst one another. And I'm going to tell you, that's going to blow up. I know it is. And it's just going to help our proportionality numbers so much down here uh, that we're pretty excited about that addition. So, yeah, that was just a little bit about Title IX in a nutshell, at least specific to what we're looking at right now at Clark County School District. No, I mean, no, that's great. And and some great stuff to hear. You, you know, you're right. Lacrosse is is kind of East Coast, uh, you know, but it's it's moving west. Uh, Florida uh, has had uh, flag football uh, for a number of years, but it's it's kind of in pockets uh, up in the panhandle where I was an athletic director. It's huge, uh, but maybe in other parts of the state's not so huge. But I know Atlanta schools started flag football. Uh, I think Raleigh uh, started flag football, North Carolina. And you're right. It just blows up. You know, the, the kids love it. It's a great sport. And the cost. I mean, you know, there, there, there's no cost to it. A hundred percent. And I'll tell you too, I got to give a shout out to the to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they've done a great job in supporting uh, the, the, the girls, you know, you think just football, 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 they're only focused on, you know, tackle football for our boys. No, they've jumped right in and say, Hey, what can we do to help support girls flag football in, in, in Vegas? And even this past year, I know I said over, over middle school at one point in the last 20 plus it's only been girls basketball, boys basketball, and cheer. This past year, we finally were able to add girls flag football, boys flag football, and girls and boys soccer. So um, athletics is growing in Clark County School District. Flag football has been a, a tremendous asset to us. Yeah, that's good. And, and again, you also mentioned wrestling, which in Florida, that's you know blowing up. Our wrestling coaches have done a great job of promoting that at the state level. I think this coming year this school year is going to be the first year that it's a fully recognized under the state activities association uh banner so you know very exciting times great stuff okay uh you're you're a national leader out there in las vegas oh well, you know we're trying to stay with the times yeah. <laughs> again our guest today is xavier anthem certified master athletic administrator for the clark county school district in las vegas we're going to take another break but we'll be back this is the educational ad podcast we also want to say thank you to SnapRaise. Go to SnapRaise.com and see how the SnapRaise fundraising difference can work for you. Get away from the fundraising headaches of the past. There's no more selling. There's no upfront costs. Your data is secure. And what's more important, it works. Okay, Our coaches have used SnapRaise several times, and it's just fantastic. As an athletic director, I love it. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your school is important, and the SnapRaise digital difference will work for you. As I mentioned, it's safe and secure, it's easy, and it works. Go to SnapRaise.com and check out the testimonials and see the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools and programs raise. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. 
Go to snapraise.com to find out more. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Xavier, one of the questions I've been asking the ADs for a while has to do with this idea of coaching toughness. A uh, hundred years ago, when I was in high school, our coaches would say things like, come on, Jake, you got to be tough, or come on, you got to suck it up. And we kind of knew what they meant, and and, and we did it. Uh, since then, uh, we have learned much, much better ways to communicate to our student athletes. But I still think toughness is an important aspect of sports and of life. So here's my question. How can an athletic director or a coach help kids to develop toughness while at the same time being sensitive to the very real social emotional challenges that a Generation Z kid is experiencing that I never had to go through? Uh, do you have any advice for us? Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, back in our day, because I, I feel like, you know, we're about the same age, but Bobby Knight, you know, we used to see him throwing chairs across the across the court and um, you really saw, you know, and, and, and you saw this on national TV, right, where, you know, you got coaches that are just jumping and getting face masks and screaming and yelling and, and you can't do that with the kid right now. You do that with the kid and you're going to lose the kid. Number one, the kid might try to fight you. Or number two, they're just going to completely shut down and just be done and, and might even be done for life for that sport. Um, so, you know, we got You already said it. Communication is the key. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the, the stud on the team, if you're just that 12th man, communicate with all your kids. Every kid ticks differently that you need to take the time to be able to listen to what the kids might be saying. It, you need to choose your words wisely and ensure that, hey, everything that you're doing is positive. You want to try to uplift the kids. You know, as a coach, you, you've got a great responsibility. You're that role model. You might be the only positive thing in that student's life because they might be going home to things where they're getting hit with negativity, with, with any issues or concerns that might be going on at home. And that's not why they're there with that coach at that time. They're there to be part of a program to learn to grow. So we definitely want to help nurture that. And as an athletic administrator, it's, I will say it's a little bit more challenging because you're, you, like you said, you're behind the desk, right? And it's kind of challenging to really touch and reach those kids and, and the mentality of trying to give them guidance. But hey, you can talk to a kid as they're in the passing period. You might have student aides that might be able to kind of get in your ear a little bit and say, hey, these things are going on. They make you aware of uh, concerns that maybe there's going on. And, and those concerns are real if they're talking to you about it. Get in that lunchroom. It's okay to coach a kid up and talk to him about, hey, you know what? You need to move your feet more when you're, uh, you know, you're playing defense, um, you know, and, and having that conversation because they understand that then you're authentic and they're more apt to do what you need them to get done. And I think, you know what, that you can have those conversations of toughness, but you're maybe uh, kind of going in a little bit with uh, – with a little bit more of a massage of, of the of the Generation Z and what they need. So you got to kind of adapt and be flexible to how you handle certain situations. But you got to listen to the kids, got to talk to them. And I'm not trying to be their friend, but I am going to tell them that I have expectations, but I still am going to love you and take care of you and, and do all the things that are necessary to be successful. But I do have expectations that we're going to be successful if you do these certain things. And you know what? I, I just think that that's just a, a change in mentality. And I think most of our coaches are getting it. And those coaches that aren't getting it, it's because they were coached the Bobby Knight way, and that's the only way that they know. But if you're a good coach, you're going to adapt and meld to the way that things uh, need to be done in our current society. Right. I mean, you, I think you uh, hit on uh, a ton of key words. And again, I wasn't trying to steal your thunder, but yeah, you do have to communicate with kids. You got to tell them, well, this is what we mean by tough. Uh, and you talked about nurturing that relationship. You talked about getting out and meeting with the kids and, and, uh, the, the cliche, and it's a cliche because it's true. They don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Just great, great stuff. Um, one more time, let's give out that, uh, contact information. If one of our listeners wants to, uh, get a hold of you, what's the best way that they can do that? Absolutely. Hit me on email, A N T H E X J at nv.ccsd.net and again for our NIAAA members that information is going to be on the NIAAA portal Xavier Anthem Certified Master Athletic Administrator we're going to take another break but we're going to be back this is the Educational AD Podcast 
We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only create income for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table. And it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's a tremendously versatile tool, and the customer service is also outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or send them an email to sales at sidelineinteractive.com. See exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, at the start of the show, I mentioned how uh, I uh, became aware of Xavier uh, because of his appearance on a different podcast. And on that podcast, he shared a video uh, from a basketball game that his team was participating in, but it was at another school. Uh, and the, the video was just fantastic. Uh, uh, we're not going to show it, uh, but Xavier will tell you how to find it. But Tell our listeners about what happened on that video at the game. And then again, uh, as we talked about, maybe some takeaways for you uh, after watching this fan who was from the other school. I want to make this clear. This was not one of your parents. So uh, tell our fa- tell our listeners about this uh, experience. Yeah. So um, I have to preface that at the beginning of the school year, we do a preseason coaches meeting. And I, I always tell them, I want to know about the good. I want to know about the bad. And I want to know about the ugly. Because number one, if it's good, let's promote it. Let, let's let everybody know so we get some pop, positive publicity. If it's bad, just give me a heads up. That way I know what I'm walking myself into. And if it's ugly, please just share that it's ugly because I'm not trying to take a left hook from my mom as I walk up the stairs. I just want to be aware and I want to be ready and I want to be proactive to any situations that might occur. So uh, the other thing we talked about, hey, if there's any games that you feel that I need to be there because we might be playing a rival because you have concerns or something came up, just let me know. So in this instance, if you want to find the YouTube video, it's under Del Sol Mama. Uh, it's less than four minutes. I know there's a filter on YouTube that you need to kind of basically do to, to get to the video. But essentially, um, coach asked me to come to uh, to come to this basketball game. It was an away game at Del Sol. And, um, you know, I don't really like to be in the mix. I just kind of like to lay back. And uh, his wife is always there. She's always taking like videos or whatnot. I don't like to be in the pictures. I just want to be in the background. I just want to watch. I love basketball. So I'm just trying to enjoy the game. And uh, the reason why he asked me to come was just the fact that it was just going to be a, a tight contest and it was going to be a good game. And uh, so as the game's going on, all of a sudden the mother's in the stands and then she's starting to bark and chirp and like, hey, you guys need to play harder. You guys need to box out. Please rebound. You know, I mean, she didn't say she wasn't being verbally abusive she wasn't screaming anything negative she just wanted to see the kids play harder you know we just talked about toughness I think she was seeing the lack of toughness being presented by the other school that she just had to be in the stands and you Mm -hmm. saw her in the middle of the stands and then our coach like his wife just made the statement like something's gonna happen with this lady and so she turned on her video on her phone. You know, everything is now social media and, and you can do things live or whatnot. And then you see the mother start always start making her way down the stands and she's going down the walkway again, continuing to preach. You guys need to play harder defense, box out, you know, saying the right things as a coach you'd want to hear. Um, but she wanted to take it a step further. A timeout gets called and nonchalantly she walks across the court. And as she walks by, she's even kind of like waving to some colleagues in the stands, almost like she's just trying to get to the other side to go sit down or or what have you. But instead, she makes a, a stop at the bench of the Del Sol team. And coaches there sitting with this clipboard. You got some assistant coaches are kind of around. She wiggles her way, and it wasn't very challenging for her to get into their huddle. And as coaches trying to maybe diagram, diagram a sideline out of bounds play or, uh, uh, you know, Uh, (laughs) underneath the basket what have you um she starts jumping in and starts finger pointing and essentially yelling at the kids that they just needed to show more toughness that they needed to play harder that they need to work harder and the coaches have stood and and watched and just didn't do anything um and she gave it a little bit to one student specifically who i'm hoping was a child of hers but she also kind of gave it a little bit to everyone else and then the, the end of the timeout and then kids go back on the court and she stayed 
on the sideline. She was almost ready to sit down on the bench. I swear to God. I, I, if they would have, she probably would have with them. Um, and then at one point, finally, one of the assistant coaches kind of waved over. And then uh, one of our CCSD police officers came over with their administrator to kind of escort her out. And she went willingly. There was no issue or concern. Thank God. She did go through our bench, which I was real <laughs> thrilled about. Um, and our coaches definitely kind of kept our kids away. And, and our coaches did a great job in like, keeping the huddle together keeping them focused on what we need to do because the game wasn't over yet. Um, but yeah, it was just a really odd situation. So um, we definitely took that video. We showed it to everyone on our staff and we talked about, Hey, our first concern is our kids. The safety of our concerns is paramount. If anytime this situation were to occur, you know, we're number one, we're not letting her on, on the court. So as an assistant coach, I'm not asking you to put hands on this lady. Please don't touch them because, you know, that'll just send things flying and spiraling. But you can definitely put your hands out, maybe, you know, kind of give guidance on, hey, thank you. We understand. We'll get the kids to play harder. Please, please go to the bench. You know, definitely, you know, getting some assistance is ideal. Uh, but, yeah, no, she just felt like it was her opportunity to, to shine and, and really get in the, in the kids and, and get them to play harder. But uh, challenging, but we definitely have shown that video many times not as disrespectful to the other school but just as how to better and know that these situations can occur and will occur and i think it was a basketball situation but this could occur to football this could occur to soccer this could have occurred in a number of areas and we just need to, have to make sure that we understand how to handle these situations well uh, again it's as you you're watching it from as a non let's say a non-involved party right. you can see you know the humorous aspect to it but absolutely um i've and i've shared this with uh xavier i'm doing four uh presentations in this coming week at different schools uh two to coaching staffs and two to parent groups and this video is part of my powerpoint presentation and we're going to talk about you know, from the coaching standpoint and the school standpoint, we're also going to talk about it from the parent standpoint is, you know, you know, we don't want this to be our school. We don't want this to be our parents. You know, if you feel this passionate, boy, you need to come in and we'll get you a whistle, a clipboard. You can start coming to practice every day. Uh, but if you're a parent, okay, you're not a coach. And we, we talk about those two different roles, but it's just, it's, I think it's about a minute and a half. It's not that long, yeah, it's but short. it's a great video. And as uh, Xavier said, it's on YouTube, uh, Google or, or in the YouTube menu, Dell soul mama. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that name, but I love it. And uh, uh, show that to your coaches, show it to your parents. Okay. You know, and, and let them know, you know, Hey, this is not how we roll. Uh, but you're absolutely right. It could have gone seven different ways worse. Um, you know, the resource officer came over, the athletic administrator came over and the, the parents, she did, you know, she just kind of, you know, went and was escorted out. There were no incidents, but, uh, just, it's one of those crazy things that, uh, that's why paradox had you had you on to share that story. Indeed. Xavier, this has been so cool spending some time with you. Um, but we're not done yet. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hear from athletic surveys by Lifetrack. But when we come back, uh, we're going to find out what you would put into a brand new athletic director's toolbox in our toolbox segment, which is sponsored by athletic surveys. So let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to find out what Xavier Anthem is going to put into his athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. The surveys will also put you in touch with the 95% of the parents and the student-athletes who really love your program. The feedback you get is going to be like the surveys we used at our schools. It's going to be positive, but it's going to give that squeaky wheel parent an opportunity to vent. And maybe you'll find out about a little problem that you can take care of that won't turn into a big problem because you didn't know about it because you didn't do a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or shoot them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. 
Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Xavier Anthem, Certified Master Athletic Administrator from the Clark County School District in Las Vegas. Certainly has a wide background and experience in athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. Xavier, what three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Well, I think that's a fantastic question. And, and I wish we had this podcast uh, before I became an athletic director so I could uh, maybe pick up a few things uh, as I got started. As school is about to get started right now, uh, there's an opportunity to meet with your coaches before seasons even start. Um, and I'm also going to talk, I'm going to take a different spin in the fact that there's some people that you need to make sure that you are good with. Um, as we go typically go through college and you doing PE, um, you know that you need to be good with the office manager and take care of your custodians. Uh, without custodians, if you, your custodians are upset, they're not going to want to, you know, set up games for you, things of that nature. But there's a couple other people that I think kind of get left out and, and forgotten about. And I think it's key that we, we talk about these three certain individuals. So number one, you definitely want to hold a preseason coaches meeting with all of your coaches so that they understand your philosophy, understand the, uh, the concept of extension of a classroom. But in that meeting, I'm telling you right now, get your banker involved. Have your banker come to that meeting so they can help explain the processes of how to handle your banking uh, situations. I'm going to tell you, I hate to say this, and, and I, I'm using my, my years of experience, that some of our coaches are quite challenged in their own personal lives and holding a, a great banking account. Um, but if you get in trouble with banking, you could lose your job. And you definitely want to get your banker involved so the coaches understand how to handle their own fundraising accounts, how to properly deposit money, how to properly get monies out. So in that preseason coaches meeting, please have your banker. And then the next piece I'm going to talk about is the post, excuse me, the preseason parent meeting. In the preseason parent meeting, there's two people that you definitely want to get involved. Number one, that's your trainer. Have your trainer the opportunity to speak to the parents because if a kid does go down and get hurt, the trainer is going to come on the field and the parents might not know who that person is and why are the why is this person handling my my son or my daughter so you definitely want to allow the trainer to, to explain the processes and you can use your trainer to do the coaches meeting so they can kind of explain their process and how they're going to handle practices and games and things of that nature but it's imperative for the parents to understand who this person is and what the procedures are and what needs to occur during that time and the other person i think also gets neglected a little bit is your ncaa counselor so you definitely want to get your counselor involved in front of the parents so that they understand the requirements that are necessary to have your kid to be prepared for the possibility of earning a scholarship. I can't tell you, I've, I've heard numerous stories of kids that have just done the bare minimum to prepare for college. And then that college comes and says, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. And that student is not prepared because they never met with the NCAA counselor. So definitely get that person involved. I can tell you of an instance where, um, the student was, oh, I'm only going to play Division II. I'm only going to play, uh, you know, the JC. And then that Division I scholarship just pops up because somebody else quits or, or something occurs and you weren't prepared. So prepare for the highest level. That's why I always told our NCAA counselor, prepare them as though they're a Division I kid. And if they only end up with a JC, well, they're covered. But if we're only preparing them for a JC and they get that Division I opportunity and they, they don't have the appropriate coursework to get into it, and that's going to be an issue or concern. And then obviously after that, portion that you're covering of your expectations from the parents you've now had your counselor speak you've had your trainer speak then allow the coaches to then break off into separate rooms and then there's the opportunity for the coach to talk about their expectations about fundraising opportunities about practices and games and expectations and, and and so forth so i just think some of those people get kind of forgotten about and i just wanted to kind of touch on those people to make sure that they have uh an opportunity to speak because they make an impact in athletics as well no, absolutely. I love it. And actually, uh, we've been doing over 300 of these uh, interviews and uh, you came up with some uh, unique uh, answers. And, uh, you know, your tools are actually going to go into the third edition of the education or the uh, athletic director's toolbox book, uh, which will come out in uh, 2023. So thanks for sharing those tools. And again, I love the communication part with the preseason meeting. Uh, great, great point about the trainer. You know, the coaches all know the trainer, but the, oftentimes the parents don't. Great, great point. Okay. Very cool. One more time. If one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit. And listeners, I encourage you to take advantage of this resource. How do they get in touch with you? 
Yeah, send me an email, A-N-T-H-E-X-J at nv.ccsd.net. Xavier Anthem, Certified Master Athletic Administrator from Clark County Schools in Las Vegas. Thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best moving forward. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time today. Oh, you bet. For listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. And before we go, we want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or you can call them at 614-981-3589. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Thanks again for joining us today on the Educational AD Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Come back next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you.